1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go
2: to their website at current.tech. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. Cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now.
1: Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the communications manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Jeffrey Harris. He's the founder and CEO of Spring Big. They offer customer loyalty and communication solutions for dispensaries and cannabis retailers. The company founded in 2017 and they're offering state-of-the-art CRM programs to capture key customer data and seamlessly integrate with existing dispensary point-of-sale systems. Jeffrey himself has over 15 years of marketing, sales, sales management, and client services, and operations experience in the incentive marketing and loyalty marketing fields. Thank you for joining me on the show today, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So let's take a few minutes here to get to know you. Uh, let's start with learning about your background and what kinds of experiences you may have had and where you come from uh, in in the professional world here before you got
0: involved in cannabis.
1: Sure. So um,
0: in the late 1990s, I started a loyalty marketing agency. Uh, the name of that company is called IntiQ, which is still an active company today, which services large retailers, financial services organizations, insurance companies, and IntiQ's mission is to help them design and manage their data-driven marketing and customer loyalty programs. So companies like Party City or Claire's Accessories or Chubb Insurance, Citibank are clients of IntiQ, and uh, IntiQ helps them try to drive the most revenue that they can from their, their existing customer base. And I launched that company, as I said, in the late 90s and worked it until I launched SpringBig in 2017. I still happen to be the majority shareholder of that business, but I'm not active in it anymore. But it was an amazing learning experience and really was able to inform me on how to best create and build SpringBig based on everything I learned at Indicator.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I remember Claire's uh, back when I used to shop in shopping malls. One hundred percent. Nice little place you can stop and get some jewelry, <laughs> get your ears pierced. One hundred percent. Yeah, I remember that. Awesome. Uh, so, you you founded Spring Big just just a couple years ago, um, right? Which which solely is is serving uh, the cannabis industry. So, what was your what was your motivation to start the company and and how did you how did you make your way into cannabis coming from coming from sort of the shopping
0: mall model? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So um is based outside of Chicago in the suburb of Chicago. And I happened to have moved down to South Florida, and I was running the business kind of long distance. and And after a while, I thought that, we could do a better job at IntiQ if we hired a full-time management team that was based in in Chicago. So what I did was I uh, I decided I was going to let those guys manage that business and I wanted to figure out and do something new. And then what I was doing, um, and when I thought about it, I said, well, I really know loyalty um, and there's a real need for, you know, smaller mid-sized retailers to be able to engage and and drive loyalty with their customers through a loyalty platform. And I thought, wow, you know, just based on where cannabis was at the time and the growing industry that there was, I thought it would be a great opportunity uh, to launch the business and and launch it in cannabis because of the real need uh, that was there in cannabis. So, um, you know, just the stars aligned together where we were creating a new business and there was a real need in cannabis and, uh, and those things fell into place.
1: Excellent. So, a cannabis con- consumer uh, has, has probably unique shopping habits, but uh, probably similar to just about any other industry. If you like a product, you're going to go back and keep getting it. But, uh, so just taking all that same uh, theory of loyalty and marketing and customer relationships and and applying it to this federally illegal <laughs> industry...
0: Yeah. It's what's, what's so interesting about it is, you know, a consumer is a consumer is a consumer. And I think you're right. I think, you know, any, you know, any industry, you know, whether, whatever products being sold, there are manufacturers, there are distributors, there are retailers and there are consumers. There are these four different groups that, you know, drive the success of any industry. And, and I don't think cannabis is any different. Obviously there's some unique aspects to cannabis, where people that manufacture in one state can't sell it in another state. Uh, So there's the state-by-state regulations. There's obviously the, it's legally uh, in states, it's legal in states, but it's not necessarily federally legal. But at the end of the day, the group of customers or clients that we're serving, which are the retailers, their challenge is very similar to any other retailer's challenge, which is how do they get more customers to come in the door? How do they get their existing customers to come in the door more frequently? And then how do they serve those customers correctly and properly so those customers will give them the majority of their spend in this category? So I don't think it's any different. I think cannabis is probably more akin to like coffee or grocery. It's actually become... Uh, somewhat of a staple where you see customers buying multiple times a week sometimes, uh, but it's a competitive industry like anything else. And retailers need the tools to do to the best job they can at marketing to those customers.
1: Totally makes sense. I mean, you know, when I, when I go run all my errands on, on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, uh, it's the grocery store. It's, you know, maybe a stop by the liquor store for something to drink. It's the dispensary. It's the other shops, I just want to grab my things I need regularly. Cannabis is totally included in that run. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> absolutely part of my stops that day. Um so, Spring Big, uh, you're in your third, fourth year as a company serving the industry. Um, you're the founder and CEO. Tell me more. Tell me more about the company. How big is your team, and what's going on with the company in 2020?
0: Yeah, sure. So, you know, in 2017 when we started, man, I think we had five, six, seven people working at the company, and uh, and we were. Uh, just trying to make it go, right? Just trying to understand what retailers needed and build those features and the things that they needed into our platform so they would like us and, and, and buy our software. And, and as we continued to get smarter about what retailers were looking for and what was helping them drive business, uh, we continued to invest in those areas in particular, uh, which allowed us to continue to be successful. Uh, which allowed us to raise some money. I think over the last couple of years, we haven't raised in a little while, but we've raised about $9 million worth of funding, which gave us the ammunition, so to speak, to be able to hire more people and and move uh, the process much faster. Uh, and we're now at a point, when you think about 2020, where we have over 650 uh, clients. We're in over 1,300 Uh, dispensary locations who are using our software. And at the end of the day, I feel that that's the case because we stay very humble. We stay very focused on servicing our clients and making sure that they're getting the most value out of the platform. And we're here to help them and we're here to help them be successful. So, you know, we now have over 60 people at the company and continuing to grow. And uh, it's an exciting time for us. We're really, uh, we're having a good time and uh, it's a lot of work, but we're having a good time doing it and, and helping our retail clients be as successful as possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks for sharing what's going on with the company. Uh is there is do you travel a lot to a lot of trade shows when when uh when there's not a pandem- pandemic pandemic canceling <laughs> events nationwide and worldwide? <laughs>
0: Yeah, we have a, we have a great sales and marketing team. Uh, so uh, you know, so we're visiting uh, different states around the country probably every month. And you know, I personally like to go to two or three of the of the bigger conferences, which you know, it's always important to to be there and to meet with people and to understand what's happening in the industry. But there, we're very fortunate that we have a, a high quality sales and marketing team. So whether it's conferences and in northern or southern california obviously the show in vegas every year or massachusetts and oklahoma you know we're, we're trying to participate in every conference that makes sense for
1: sure yeah, well, I look forward to uh, getting back to the NCIA trade show circuit this fall. Oh, um,
0: I can't wait. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I'll mention again toward the end of the show for listeners, but our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo is still happening in San Francisco at the Moscone Center, but it has been rescheduled for September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. So awesome. I am looking forward that's, to that's it. That's great news. That's yep, great news. Yep. We're going to get there. Let's see, April, May, June, July. We're almost there. Okay. All right. We're going to take our first commercial break. And then we'll be right back to chat more with Jeffrey Harris, founder and CEO of Spring Big.
2: Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Sugis now at com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
0: garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
2: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on cannabisradio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we've been getting to know Jeffrey Harris from the company Spring Big. So let's uh, start by talking about how cannabis companies, which we all know still federally illegal, but legal in dozens of states for adults over 21 or for medical patients, Uh So how these cannabis companies, how they reach their customers when there are even more advertising restrictions for cannabis than cigarettes and alcohol. So let's talk about the avenues that are available for dispensaries or an edibles manufacturing company, for example, to show off their their goods to the public.
0: Yeah, sure. So I think obviously, as you said, uh, because it's still federally illegal, the avenues are a bit more limited. The What we find a lot of our clients using, uh, they use uh, text messaging, which seems to be the most effective way for them to communicate with their customers, as long as the retailer gets uh, permission. From the customer to be able to text them, which is obviously very important because you need permission to be able to text. Uh, That is by far the most effective way because it actually gets right into the smartphone of the consumer. And data shows us that 99% of all text messages are read within four minutes, and that compares to about 20% of emails that are read within 48 hours. So um, if stores want to get their messages across uh, to their customers, I think text messaging is by far the, the best way to do it. Email is also a widely used tool as well, uh, because you could still email, and even if it's not as successful. Uh, Emails are very inexpensive way to communicate with customers, so it's a nice way to add on to your communication as well. So those seem like the two main mediums of ways to communicate with customers. You know, social media is a tool that people try to use. The issue is that it's hard to navigate the rules because, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram, because it's not federally legal, cannabis is not federally legal, they don't allow explicit uh, content, cannabis content. So a lot of times stores will get shut down uh, uh, by using those. So we continue to see that, you know, text message marketing uh, is by far and away the most effective way at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even NCIA has had some difficulties advertising our lobby days events, which (laughs) it's a political advocacy event. It's not a product. Yeah. We, we, we encountered some, pushback from social media platforms around even that in the past as well. It's so funny that a, a picture of a plant is explicit. Um, hopefully we can, we can move past that for sure. Um, so talking more current affairs, um, mm-hmm. this, this COVID-19 pandemic we've all been dealing with it the last few weeks and a few more weeks, maybe months to come in, in many ways, it's, it's been a game changer. It's, it's very challenging for everyone on many levels. Um, but we did see a positive in that cannabis dispensaries were deemed essential businesses in, in many of these state legal states. So we were very relieved when that happened. Uh, how did this COVID-19 pandemic impact dispensaries and, and other cannabis companies and how they were communicating with their customer base. Do you have any insight around that so far?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's when you talk about how, you know, just years ago, you know, the only way you could buy cannabis was on a street corner in the middle of the night, right? And now they're deemed essential businesses. Just just think about where, where we've come to and where we've come from. It's just unbelievable. And yeah. just getting back to your question of why get into cannabis, that's one of the reasons. Like, you know, I think... You're part of an industry that is growing up in front of your eyes. It's just uh, it's an amazing industry to be a part of. But to answer your question of of what's happening, obviously retailers have had to do so many different things, right, to deal with COVID-19. They've had to change their operations. They've had to move so much of their business to curbside pickup and delivery from in-store, the in-store experience. They've had to uh, just deal with employees and, and how to get, enough staff to deal with uh, the demand and the essential business demand that they're seeing. So they've been dealing, they've been throwing a lot of curveballs. but in terms of how we're helping or how they're leveraging our platform is again, because text messaging is such a great way to get the message out to their customer. They are leveraging the platform to really stay in touch on a regular basis with their, with their customers, with their consumers. So their consumers know exactly what's going on. Can they come in the store? Does it have to be curbside? Uh, Pickup? Can they do delivery? What's the best way to place the order? So they're they're leveraging the platform for all of those uh, for all of those means of communication, and we are seeing a huge uh, spread or a huge change from in-store purchase to online purchase and either pickup and delivery. So you're seeing trends that used to be 10% of the business was on, online and 90% plus was in the store. Now you're seeing across the board more like 50-50. So you are seeing a huge kind of transition to online ordering at this point in time because of what's happening.
1: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And um T- taking that crisis communications guide that that you can reference from a previous podcast episode with Janine Moss and other resources on NCI's website, taking that crisis communications guide and then applying it not only to your team but also finding ways to communicate to your customers about what you as a company are doing. Uh, this tra- the transparency is is really providing customer comfort, I think, at least for me. Like, the emails I'm getting from companies saying, here's how we're going out of our way to make you safe. I dig it. I really do. So, um, let, let's assume there's a more normal or typical society and restaurants right. and bars are open and and everything's happy. It's normal. Right. What kind of techniques or tactics or programs or otherwise uh, are being implemented right now to to develop customer loyalty
0: So you know as as we talk, as we discussed the the cannabis retail environment is a very competitive environment. so you know it, I always laugh with uh, my friends that don't necessarily understand the cannabis industry. Uh, just because they haven't been in it the way I've been involved in it. And, you know, people think, oh, wow, if you have a cannabis retail store, that's there's gold that's just going to be delivered right to your doorstep on a regular basis. And that's actually not the case. You know, it's a very competitive industry. There's a lot of competition on price. There's a lot of competition on promotion. There's a lot of competition on service. Obviously, location makes a difference. The in-store experience makes a difference. Uh, but where Spring Bay can help our retailers is crafting and and managing a a customer loyalty program that really engages the customer. So when the customer is going to make a decision that they're buying cannabis today, hopefully it influences that customer to go back to that store to make that purchase versus going to another store. And But customer loyalty is just not about, hey, every dollar I spend, I get a point and then I can accumulate these points and then redeem them for free stuff. That's part of it. But the other big part of customer loyalty is designing the right promotions that are attractive to the right subsets of the customer that really drive the response that you're looking for. So for example, if if I'm a flower customer and you send me a promotion on edibles, I'm going to be a bit less interested than I would be if you sent me a promotion on flowers. So understanding who your customers are, what they purchase, what their purchase cycles look like, And driving doesn't have to be the deepest discounts, but driving relevant promotions that go out to the right subgroups of customers really drive much better response and create more loyalty because the consumer says, oh, this store gets me. They understand me. They're just not sending me the general promotion that everybody gets. They're sending a promotion to me based on my purchase activity, my history, and I think that that's a big part of it.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that does make sense when you're building out pipelines. I, I'm i also a flower, flower girl, a flower child. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and not much into, you know, the concentrates for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, when I get those text messages, you know, sale today on, you know, flower, I'm like, oh, yeah, perfect. I'll pop in. Great. Effective. Very effective. <laughs> All right, uh, we are about to take our final commercial break And then we'll come back and wrap our chat with Jeffrey Harris From Spring Big, so stay tuned
2: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return Once we give a voice to our sponsors Yo, 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 it's your boy, T.J.
0: that James You're listening to Dr. Bean on Cannabis Confidential L.A., what up?
2: Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com I feel like palm trees.
0: Business cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me own
1: craps, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. that cancer is preventable.
0: The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob, Only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we've been talking about customer loyalty in the cannabis industry with Jeffrey Harris from Spring Big also covering how dispensaries have pivoted and adjusted and reacted to the COVID-19 health pandemic that we are all in the midst of currently. Um, So Jeffrey, thank you again for being a member of NCIA. It's fun because NCIA was founded 10 years ago before there was even any kind of adult use medical laws on the books, um, and now this organization is ten years old, which is great. Um, and we've wow. come—I know—we've come a long way uh, as an industry and as an organization. So we're asking people this fun question to look back in time to ten years ago and where we were, and could we have predicted the cannabis industry would would look the way it does today? And then also maybe peer into your crystal ball and tell me what you see for, for the future for 10 years from now. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot of years.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, when I, when I think <laughs> about where I was 10 years ago, so I was, you know, I was living in South Florida as I do today, but I was running uh, into uh, the other company that we talked about earlier in the, in the show. Yep. And And I remember I was just completely focused on doing what we were doing. Cannabis was the furthest thing from my mind. And then, you know, it comes uh, 2016 and we're thinking about this business and we're thinking about what industry to go in. and, And, you know, and I'm not... You know, I didn't know so much about the industry at that time, but, you know, I had some people around me that did, and, and they suggested, hey, we should do this, and we should do it for cannabis, and um, we, you know, we did some research, and we were trying to learn as much as we could, as fast as we could, and came out of it saying, you know what, that's really a good idea. So that was our first foray into really understanding, at that time in 2017, uh, what was happening uh, in the cannabis industry and how exciting it was. And and back in 2017, it was a cause, right? It was not an industry. It was a cause. It was a movement. And and I think it still is, but I think it's starting to change a little bit where it's becoming an industry and a business along with it being a cause and a movement. So what, what I see just from three years ago to today, three years ago, it was a movement. That's what it was. So just think about... You know, uh, and it wasn't a political movement, it was a social movement, but it was a movement. Today, it's starting to transition a bit from completely being a movement to being a movement and being an industry. And, and I think we're kind of like in that middle uh, phase of it, you know, starting to become a real industry. In terms of where I think it's going to be 10 years from now, personally, I think it's going to be suddenly legal. I think not only are there going to be cannabis retailers that are selling the product. I think your local drugstore will be selling the product as well, um, and I think it's going to it's going to be a huge category, similar to alcohol, that is not only sold in its own stores, but it's sold in stores that sell other products as well that are serving the their communities. And I and I you know I can't wait you know because I really I I can't wait to look back and say wow remember when um, I was part of that industry and now in ten years from now you can go to your local CVS and just buy buy some cannabis product I just think it's going to be unbelievable.
1: Yeah, what a great vision, uh, a great painting to to envision for the future. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it as yeah. well. And we are definitely definitely becoming more sophisticated as, as a movement turned industry uh, all the time. Um, it's, it's just super impressive. And our trade shows are usually a really great place to get a big bird's eye view and some deep dive educational sessions of what the industry looks like between the expo floor and and the education program. Um, So obviously with the COVID-19 pandemic, all of our spring events at NCIA have been postponed. um, And our Lobby Days event in Washington, D.C., which was originally scheduled for mid-May, has now been pushed to September 15th, 16th, and 17th. Uh, Actually, really good timing. Congress will be back from its August recess, and the presidential election will be just weeks away. Uh, So it'll be a great time for us to fly in a few hundred NCIA members and have meetings with members of Congress about about our industry and our issues. Also, our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, which is in its seventh year. It's our biggest uh, conference of the year. Uh, will still take place in San Francisco at the Moscone Center, uh, but instead of June, that has been pushed to the end of September, the 29th, 30th, and October 1st. So we look forward to seeing everyone in person this fall. Uh, It might be a different world when we're there. We might still have Some social distancing things to keep in mind. Um, Lots of hand sanitizer, I'm guessing. Uh, And maybe less handshaking. So get that um, namaste, live long and prosper uh, (laughs) greeting down. That is for sure. (laughs) Uh, So thanks again for being on the show today, Jeffrey. Where can people find out more about Spring Big?
0: Oh, they could, uh, they can come check us out online at, at springbig.com. And uh, please, uh, and if anyone wants to connect with me personally, feel free at, at jeffrey, J E F F R E Y, at springbig.com. We'd love to uh, connect with anybody that's interested in learning more about us or just chatting about the industry. We'd really appreciate it.
1: Great. Well, thanks again for joining me on the show today. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.